Hello, and welcome to the podcast of Pastor James Biddle and Emmanuel Assemblies of God in Knoxville, Tennessee. We're so glad you've taken the time to listen. If you're ever in our area, we invite you to join us for one of our worship services. For times and locations, please visit at EmmanuelAG.com. Remember, we are blessed to be a blessing. Lord, I just pray in Jesus' name, according to 2 Peter 3.18, that we grow in grace and knowledge today. I, I pray Galatians 4.19, that Jesus be formed in us and I thank you, Father, 2 Corinthians 5, 5, for a mighty deposit of your spirit into the people this morning. I confess Deuteronomy 4, 10, as I speak forth, the people will be changed. God, that you've gathered people and that you cause us to hear from heaven. And we thank you after today we will never be the same in Jesus' name. And if you agree, would you just say amen? Well, I want to start out just by asking you a question this morning. When I say the word devoted, what comes to mind? When I say the word devoted, what comes to mind? Do you think of the devoted student who is devoted to their studies? Do we have any students in the house? Do we have any devoted students in the house? Do you think of uh, maybe a, 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 a father who is devoted to his family and maybe devoted to working and maybe the single mom who works two jobs to make ends meet? She's so devoted to her kids and her family. And or Do you think about an, a devoted employee a company man, or, or do you think about our military devoted to our country and the cause of, of freedom? It's hard to think about devotion without thinking about the professional athlete or the collegiate athlete. They demonstrate such a devotion to their sport. We all think about devotion in different ways, but if you look at the word devoted in the original uh, definition from Webster, the first definition that Webster made for the, the word devoted is this. It is religious fervor. So we think about devotion in all these areas, to your family, maybe to your church. We think about devotion as an athlete. But the original meaning, the very first meaning of the word devotion was a religious fervor. It also goes on to be defined as the act of dedicating to a cause. It is displayed by loyalty. So David, I think you're going to help us this morning. Where's my ushers? I want to pass out these little tickets uh, if we have those. Uh, George, if you'll pass those out. I want you to write down here four things if everybody has a pen. If not, there's a couple on the back of the seats here. I want everybody to take just a second. This is a little exercise I want us to do this morning. George is going to pass them out. I want everybody to write down four things that you're devoted to. And I want you to write down three things that our church is devoted to in your eyes and your estimation. Meshach, would you help George just so we can speed that just a little bit? All right, let me have somebody share. What's, what's one thing that you put on your list? Family. That's a good thing. I mean, it's good to be devoted to family. Hey, man, what's something else you put on your list? I specifically put family over. Yes, grandkids. Hey, man. Yeah, very, very devoted. Teaching, you are very devoted to teaching. Amen. And to curls this morning. You have very devoted curls. I like it. I like it. Okay, what did you put? Yeah, it's good. Amen. That's very good. What else? What else are we devoted to? Church is good. Yes, thank you. You're devoted. Amen. Work. Work. How many of you unfortunately are devoted to work? What else? What else? That's good. What else? Angie, what are you devoted to? One more thing. You may be a repeat. Yes. Yeah, relation. You are very relational. Good. That's really good. What else? Sabrina, what are you devoted to? Besides just being awesome. I mean, just, you cut Sabrina, she bleeds awesome. But on the ticket, what are you devoted to? 
Yes. Ooh, I like it. Spiritual growth, following God's calling. Hey, man, that's good. One more. Give me one more. Ooh, devoted to Sabbath. Wow, you're probably the only guy in the, the world that put that. But it's because you just came back from Germany from serving as a missionary. So he understands the Sabbath, but that's good. You know, we'll, we'll stone someone hypothetically for committing adultery because they broke a Ten Commandment. But do you know honoring and keeping the Sabbath is also one of the Ten Commandments? Just saying. Just throwing that out there. Don't stone me the preacher. I'm just saying. Now, as a church, Mary, what would you put? What's one thing we're devoted to as a church? Missions, yes, absolutely. Fellowship, we are, yes, amen. One more. Yes, yes, good. What else? One more. Who else? What else are we devoted to? Worship, good. Community, what else? One more. Good food, we are devoted to good food. Especially when Susan and Angie are here. I mean, we are devoted to some good food. That's good. One more. What's one more thing our church is devoted to? God's Word, yes. Amen. We are very devoted to God's Word. Amen. Well, that's really, really good. The, the winner in the house this morning, winner, winner, chicken dinner, I don't have a chicken dinner to give you, uh, would be how many people on one of those tickets, this was sort of a setup, sort of a trick question, uh, but how many people on one of those tickets actually put the word prayer? Let me see your hand. One, one. And, and that's great. I really didn't expect any, honestly. Come on, let's encourage Andrea. You win nothing. So here's, here's where I, I want to just launch into that. And there, those are all really good answers. There's, no, there's no, you know, no bad answer that was given. But the sad, the sad reality that I want to help us with today is that, honestly, before the last two weeks... Uh, I would have been devoted to my family, to worship, to prayer, you know, to, to God. I would have been devoted to the church. and uh, But I don't know that the first four things in my life uh, would be prayer. I don't know that that would have automatically come. I mean, do I pray? Yes. You know, you're a pastor, you have to pray. It kind of comes with a job, right? Do I pray? Probably more than most normal Christians, probably. But is my life characterized by life of prayer. And the Lord began to just blow this up in my heart in, a, in such a way that really is so convicting. It's really been, honestly, about a two-year journey. The Lord has been moving me in this and, and stirring me in this. And so look at our title this morning. I, I secretly had the media team hold our title, and thank you for not spoiling the surprise. But the title I want to bring to you this morning is Devoted Prayer, because prayer changes everything including me. Would you say that with me? Prayer changes everything, including me. So we're known for a lot of things. We're known for missions as a church. We're known for fellowship. Man, we're known for worship. Worship has an element of prayer. But when people look at our church, do they go, that is a church of prayer. And the Lord asked me a question in my heart. He said, how did the church start? Go back to the very beginning. How did the church get its form? How did the church get its shape? How did the church get its launch? Well, let's look at Acts chapter 1. I want you to see this in verse 13. So Jesus has been crucified and he's risen and he told the disciples, go to Jerusalem and wait for the promise of the Father. 
So they go into the upper room. How many of you have ever heard the term the upper room? They go into the upper room and they, they don't know what else to do. So they just began to pray. They begin to worship. Notice the Bible says when they had entered the city, they went to the upper room where they were staying. And it gives this whole long list. Peter, John, you know, everybody that was there. Now look at verse 14, Bethany, if you can skip on down to verse 14. They were in one mind and it says they were continually devoting themselves to prayer. Would you say the part in yellow? Ready? Continually devoting themselves to prayer. It goes on to say that the women were there, Mary, the mother of Jesus, and his brothers. So the church was actually formed out of a prayer meeting. Now, the Lord began to talk to me about this, and he said, What if they had went to the upper room? They had obeyed the commandments of Jesus. They had went to wait on the promise of the Father. And after a solid week, after seven days of nothing but continuous prayer and fasting... One of the disciples stood up and said, hey, guys, this is not working. We've been here seven days. Nothing is changing. This thing is dead. Let's go on about our lives. We've been here seven days. We have prayed and fasted 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Guys, this is over. This dream we had of this big kingdom, this dream we had of Messiah, it is done. Let's go on about our business and let's be fishermen. What if they would have prayed and fasted for nine days? Nine whole days of nothing but devoting themselves to prayer. And on the ninth night, they said, guys, this is just not work. Nothing's happening. We, we can't pay our bills. We've got to go on about our business. But the Bible says when the day of Pentecost was fully come. Penta means 50. And it's Passover was on the 40th day. So this was 10 days after the resurrection of Jesus. They had been in a prayer meeting after Jesus was taken up, uh, they had been in a prayer meeting for 10 days. Somebody say 10 days. So what if they had given up on the seventh day? Would you come, if you had a promise, would you pray and fast for seven full days without anything? But they didn't give up. So they continued in prayer. Now I want to show you this word devoted. I want you to see this in the original language. I'll try to pronounce this. I'm not sure I will do it justice. But it's proskatereo. It's in the Greek language. Proskatereo means to continue steadfast, constant. means to be attentive. I mean, when we pray, it's not just talking. There's also a listening element. We're attentive. Notice here, to persevere and not faint. Remember, Jesus came and he said, Can you all not even pray with me one hour? You can't. So they couldn't even pray with Jesus one hour, but after the resurrection, they could pray and fast for 10 days. How many know the resurrection has power? They believed and saw. Notice this here. It means to be in a state of constant readiness. So what I want to look at this morning is just how many scriptures talk about the, the apostles in the early, early church being devoted to prayer. What does devoted mean? To continue steadfast, constant, attentive. It means to persevere, not faint. It means to be in a, in a state of constant readiness. So evaluate your own prayer life. Evaluate how you pray and your walk with God. Is your prayer life, is the prayer life of Emmanuel Assembly of God characterized by continuing, steadfast, constant, attentive, persevering, not fainting, to be in a state of constant readiness. The unfortunate thing is about our church and would be about many churches is we tend to have a lot more people come to game nights than we have come to prayer nights. And I understand things are busy. And this is not, a, this is in no way, let me just say this, this is really important. This is in no way a condemning message like you need to pray more. 
The Lord has been birthing this in my heart, and it was not a chastisement upon me. I didn't feel corrected by the Lord. I felt God was calling me to a new level. I felt God was calling us as a body to a new dimension and a new level. This was God saying, come up and be where I am. This was God saying, I'm calling you to a new level. I didn't in any way feel cast out or chastised. So I don't want you to leave today being like, well, geez, man, I'm not praying. No, 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 no. God is just, he's calling us to a higher level. Look at Acts chapter 2 in verse 42. Now the early church begins to take shape. The early church is now getting some form, and they've they've looked around. They go, well, I guess we can't just sit around and pray all day. (laughs) I guess we need to get out and do stuff. And so look what the Bible says. They were continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to the breaking of bread. Can I have an amen? I think that's one of our favorites. We had a brother here uh, Friday night at the family feud and he's been going to a, another church for a little while and he had been here for a while and he said I'll tell you one thing about this church he said if you want good hearty food this is the church to come to can I have a good amen out there so breaking of bread and to prayer now I want to show you something are you ready watch this watch this now. this is so powerful they begin to add form and process and structure to the church they added without subtracting They never forsook the thing that got them to where they were. Remember, 3,000 were added. Remember, 5,000 were added. Remember, they were having just this massive wave of people coming in to be in the church. So they began to put processes and systems in place, teaching and fellowship, breaking of bread. They added programs, but they never subtracted prayer. The temptation as a pastor is the more programs that I add, the less time I have to pray. The more things we do and take on, the less time. Because we've only got so much time. So if we're doing all this, something has to give. But the early church added these things in balance, and they never subtracted from prayer. Look at Acts 6 and verse 4. Acts chapter 6 and verse 4, they're now having massive food lines where they're distributing food to the poor to the widows. Man, they're doing ministry. And the apostles realize that they're so involved in ministry that they're not spending adequate time with the Lord in prayer. So they find seven men full of the Holy Spirit, and they call them deacons. That's the very first word of deacons. Deacons did not start out as the people who vote on the pastor. Deacons started out as the people who were serving so that the pastors could actually continue to devote themselves steadily to the prayer and to the ministry of the Word. Hey, I mean, if it's good for the pastor, it's good for the pew. If it's good for the pastor, it's good for the pew. So if I must, as a leader, continue to devote myself to prayer and to the ministry of the Word, don't you think that as a body, as a church, that it would flow down, that all of us would continue to devote and be devoted to prayer and the Word? Now, let me give you just a little bit about my journey to this message because it, it, it's not by happenstance. We actually had a whole other series that we've been planning for a very long time uh, since the summer uh, to launch, and it was going to launch this weekend. And I just could not get away from this. Uh, two weeks ago, the Lord began to deal with me. I'm, I'm, I've got the opportunity in October to go to Argentina and teach at a pastor's conference, and I'm very, very excited. Please pray now with me that, that this will be a fruitful, fruitful uh, event. I'm just so excited to get to train leaders and impart to pastors. 
And so the Lord said, I want to show you some things in the Word, and begin to, and I'm going to teach this to you hopefully next week. He began to show me some incredible things about prayer. And here I was, I was writing this down for those pastors in Argentina. Man, I was going to show them some great things about prayer. And as I'm writing all this down, I realize the Lord is not just teaching me to teach the pastors in Argentina, although this will be a great message for them. The Lord is actually talking to me. He's like, sit down, I want to show you something. And I immediately thought, great, this is for the pastor's conference. How many know we like to push stuff off on other people? Oh, I don't need that. Man, that's good preaching, Pastor. That's for Susan. Man, she needs that. Ooh, love your neighbor as yourself. Ooh, that's for Mary. Man, I hope Mary's listening today. Man, she needs that. Generosity. Oh, man, that's for old Tom. I hope Tom is listening. He's been a little stingy. I, I hope he's listening to the preacher. And I was writing a sermon for the pastors in Argentina, and God said, this is for you. This is for your church. This is for your future. And I just had this amazing revelation that, that I've been praying wrong. I've been praying wrong. I had, a, I had a prayer life, but you would not look at me and go, man, that is a man that is devoted to prayer. And unfortunately, I was convicted, not on you. It's not your fault. It's, it's my responsibility that I've not led us in this. But as I look at our church, yes, we pray. Yes, we have all church prayer. We, and we see God answer prayer. But you know what? I can't say that people in the community look at our church and go, that is a church devoted to prayer. Not, we're not doing it for them to see. But are we known as a church of, of prayer? So the Lord began to stir this in my heart. The very next day, a brother in the church gives me a book. And it's the ten, it's ten dynamic churches and how they pray. It's a whole book dedicated to journaling true stories of how ten of the most dynamic, impactful churches in America and even around the world, how they pray. And I could not get past the second chapter. I read it. Actually, I did go on and read. I've read five of the ten stories. But the second chapter began to deal with the Brooklyn Tabernacle. Have any of you ever heard of the Brooklyn Tabernacle Choir? Man, what an amazing story. I'd never even really heard of that pastor. And I got on some of his podcasts, got on some of his YouTube videos. And God just began to open up to me a world and a, a heart and a passion for prayer like I've never had before. I had my family sit down and watch it. I had my kids sit down and watch it. Even my kids this week, my kids have been praying for you and they've been calling out your names. It was so sweet last night. We were praying for you. And see, the way I've been praying wrong, Chad, is I've been praying for me. God, let me preach good. God, let me have good words. God, let me be anointed. God, let me get wisdom. And the Lord has shown me through the life of Paul that Paul prayed all the great prayers we have from Paul. He's praying for his church. He's praying for his church. He's not praying for himself. He did say pray that I'd have an open door, but that there's 10 prayers in the Bible that we get and go, this is a great way to pray. Paul is praying for his congregation. And so the Lord showed me I've been praying wrong. So we, we're spending our Saturday nights now praying for you guys by name. We printed your name on a list, and we're calling your name out. And Ava prays for someone, and Noah calls for someone. And last night, Lillian, she said, I want to pray for LaDonna. And Lillian was praying for LaDonna. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that sweet? And so the Lord began to just take me down this journey. And my heart for you, my heart for you is that this is what I prayed for you, that you will catch such a heart and a desire for prayer that you will never be the same. After today's message, after this study that we do, this church will never be the same. I will never be the same. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, this is not a fad. This is here to stay. Just like how many of you agree missions in my heart and in your heart is not a passing fad. We're never going to give up on the Great Commission. We're never going to give up on missions. 
Pastor Kevin, who founded this church, founded it on missions. And God sent me here to, to take over after he went on and, and to lead to the next generation. And I got a heart for missions. God knew what he was doing when he established his church for missions. And he had a heart for prayer. And what I've missed is that element. I've missed the element. So this is not a fad. This is not something that, that we're going to just do for a week and then be gone. We're going to be a praying people. I'm going to be a praying pastor. I'm going to lead with my family, and I hope that you follow. Can I have an amen? I'm going to lead, and my family's going to lead. What did Jesus, how did Jesus feel about this? This, this is kind of depressing for preachers because we think the church should be a great place of preaching, and it should be. We're not going to quit preaching. But look what Jesus said in Matthew 11, Mark 11, excuse me. Look what Jesus said. Jesus said in Mark chapter 11, this is before his crucifixion. He goes into the temple and they're selling all this stuff. Now, it wasn't the fact they were selling doves and lambs and animals for sacrifices. They had to sell it there, but they were really price gouging. They were raising the price, just making bukus and bukus of money. Jesus came in. Y'all think Jesus is a little wuss with a little lamb. Jesus came in with a whip, turned over all the tables, kicked everybody out. Dozens and dozens of vendors. Jesus was a manly man. He was kind of like Chad. Jesus was a manly man. Jesus came in, turned over all the tables. Look what it is. He said, my house shall be called... Say it with me, ready? A house of prayer. Not a house of worship. Thank God for worship. Not a house of preaching. Thank God for preaching. Not a house of benevolence. Thank God for benevolence. Jesus could have said anything here. My house shall be a house of feeding the poor, and you're robbing them. My house shall be a house of worship. We take this money and we worship God with it. And worship is a part of prayer. I'm not drawing a hard line there. But what did Jesus say that his house shall be called? House of prayer. Now God doesn't live in temples. Guess who the house of God is? I'm looking at him. First Corinthians 3, 9, you are God's building. Would you say this when we say, I am God's building? So now, Andrea, as the house of God, and collectively, we make up the house of God. That's why I don't stand up much and say, I was glad when they said, let's go to the house of the Lord. Because I didn't come to the house of the Lord this morning. I came to the house of the Lord when we all showed up. The house of the Lord showed up. But I brought the house of the Lord with me because the Bible says now God dwells in me. I'm now the temple of the Holy Spirit. And he said, my temple shall be called, watch this now, a house of prayer. Ready? Don't stop there. Let's keep reading. Ready? For all the nations. But how much of our prayer time is focused on population of one? Do you know the whole world, except for one minor exception, consists of everybody but you? But most of our prayer time is consumed with me. Now, we need to pray over ourselves. We need to speak the word. Jesus said, shall be a house of prayer. So as we evaluate my heart, my life, is my temple for the Holy Spirit a temple of prayer? Is our church as a collective house of God here? Is it for prayer? So much prayer has self-preservation. How many of you have ever heard of crisis prayer? You know what that is? When you go by the policeman at 70 and you go, Oh, dear Jesus, please don't give me a ticket. <laughs> I mean, I hope your, your prayer life needs to consist more of, Oh, dear Jesus, give me every green light so I can get to work on time. Is that somebody else's prayer life? <laughs> Jesus said, now notice this here. These are all good things. Somebody say, preaching is good. 
So especially when I'm preaching. Oh, yeah, come on. I'll get it any way I can, Meshach. Somebody say worship is good. Say feeding the poor is good. Those are all good. But you know what Jesus is saying? Jesus is not saying don't do anything. This is what he's saying. This is what Jesus is saying. Ready? He's saying those are good, but they're not the top priority. How did the early church start in a prayer meeting? This is about priority in my life. Let me, let me prove it to you just a little bit more. Look at 1 Timothy 2. The Apostle Paul is writing to Timothy. He's a new pastor, and he's teaching Timothy how to conduct public worship services. He's teaching Timothy how to pick elders in his church. He's teaching Timothy. This is like Bible college for Timothy. Notice here what Paul wrote to Timothy, first of all. Somebody say, first of all. But how many times, even in our services, even with me, is, is prayer maybe, maybe the last thing we do before we leave? Or Notice priority here. Notice the devotion. Remember, this is devoted to prayer. Notice here. First of all, I urge you that uh, entreaties and prayers and petitions and thanksgiving be made on behalf of all men. When Paul said, first of all, he's, he's putting... Tremendous importance. The Greek word first here, Susan, means first in time, first in place, first in rank, first in honor and principle. So when I evaluate my life, we're talking about being devoted to prayer. Thank God for praying here and there when you can. Thank God for sporadic prayers. I do it all the time. But I believe what the Lord is calling me to, and I believe what the Lord is calling you to, is every single day where we have a devoted time where we pray and spend time with the Lord. It may be five minutes for some of you, maybe 15 minutes for some of you, but it's not where we just pray when we get the opportunity, but we create it in our schedule, and we create a life that is devoted to prayer, not just on occasion, not just when we need something. How many know when your kids get in college and get older, you would like your kids to call other than when they just need money? It's good. Call me anyway. I'll take it however I can get it. You know, call, but the guy that I work with, his son now is in college. And I said, hey, man, how's your son doing now in college? And he said, well, it's great, but he only calls when he needs money. <laughs> and so, hey, let's not be calling the father just when we need money. Let's, let's create a heart that is devoted to prayer. Is prayer first in time, first in place? Is prayer first in rank? Is prayer first in honor? Look at Colossians 4.2. This is another admonition here. He says, be persistent and devoted. There's the word again. Do you see the pattern over and over again? Be persistent and devoted to prayer. Being alert and focused in your prayer life with an attitude of thanksgiving. Now look at verse 5 in Colossians 4. Notice the fruit of prayer. That's the devotion to prayer, but look what it does in your life. Look what this will birth in James's life, and look what this will birth in Mary's life. Conduct yourself with wisdom in your interactions with outsiders, non-believers. How many of you would like to walk in wisdom, especially when it comes to people who are of the church of not yet? Notice this here. Make the most of each opportunity, treating it as something precious. Look at verse 6. So when I'm praying and devoted and my prayer life is alert and I have an attitude of thanksgiving, I will be a better witness. How many of you have, have in your heart said, God, I just want to be a better witness for you. I want to share my faith better. Well, as we pray and be devoted to prayer, we'll be a better witness. Look at this in verse 6. It says, let your speech at all times be gracious and pleasant. How many of you would like gracious and pleasant speech? Notice this here, seasoned with salt so that you will know how to answer each one who questions you. How many would like to know how to always give an answer when folks ask you questions? 
How do we get wisdom, greater witnessing? How do we have gracious speech? How do we get pleasantness? How do we get attraction to people? How do we know how to give an answer? Because we are devoted and alert and persistent in prayer. Look at Romans 12. Constantly rejoice in hope because of our confidence in Christ. Steadfast, patient in distress, devoted to prayer. So we went back. Pull up again what devoted means, Bethany. Go back to that first slide there. I want you to see. Continue, steadfast, constant, attentive, persevering, not fainting, to be in a state of constant readiness. Well, pastor, I just don't have time. I don't have time to be devoted to prayer. Ladies and gentlemen, time is not the issue. For me, Susan, time is not the issue. We can watch a two and a half hour football game even when our team is doing terrible. Unless you're George and then Kentucky is really rolling right now. We'll watch a three-hour football game for a team that's not even playing very well. Now, football games are not evil. They're not the devil. The average American, you may not be average. You may be below average or way above, watches three hours of television a day. We'll watch a 60-minute movie. We'll go to a two-hour, 60-minute movie on TV. We'll go to a two-hour movie. Now, we need to get away. I'm not just saying just lay around all day and just just pray, but... but, but I want to show you that we have the time. Do you know the average American spends 50 minutes a day on Facebook? That's actual activity, not just being logged in. 50 minutes a day on Facebook. There are 1.3 billion people who use YouTube. There are 300 hours, 300 hours of video uploaded every single minute. 300 hours of video uploaded every single minute. Now, I'm not killing YouTube here, but there are over 5 billion videos on YouTube watched every day. YouTube gets 30 million visits a day. 8 out of 10 people between the ages of 18 and 49 years old watch YouTube. Ladies and gentlemen, we, we have the time. It's just has the Lord put this devotion in our heart where we carve out the time to spend the time with the Lord in prayer and, and honestly, this has been a two-year journey for me. I'm, I'm looking now at, at my family, and I'm looking now what this looks like for us as a church. Look at 1 Thessalonians 5.16, last scripture, and then we're going we're gonna to take some time and pray. Be happy in your faith and rejoice and be glad-hearted continually. Look at verse 17. It's another admonition. Be unceasing. Another translation says be devoted. Be unceasing and persistent. In your prayer, in every situation, in every circumstance, be thankful and continually give thanks to God. For this is His will for you in Christ Jesus. So what do we do with this? I want to just share with you that I believe, I believe in every person's heart in this room, I believe you have a vision for your family. I believe you have a vision for your future. I believe you have a vision for this church. And as a pastoral staff, we've been looking and asking the Lord, and we've been saying, what, what is our missing link? Because frankly, to be honest with you, if I could be just very transparent, God has a bigger calling on this church than what we're seeing now. And it doesn't mean what we're seeing now is not great. It doesn't mean we're not growing deep in the things of God. But God has a bigger vision for you and your family. And God wants to raise this church up to be a, a hospital for the broken, a hospital for the sick,
God wants to raise this church up where we are bringing his message and his kingdom to this community in a great way. And we ask ourselves, we say, we got such great staff, we got such great pastors, man, we got such great worship, and our people are so awesome. One of the best things about our church is our people. And we ask ourselves, we say, why? Why are we not growing like we want to? Why are we not seeing the growth that we know is in our heart? And, 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 and my, my answer has, has been in the last two weeks, because as the senior leader, I'm not one who would be characterized as one who is devoted to prayer. And as a body, we haven't made prayer the top priority. Remember, prayer is first in rank. Remember he said, first of all? And this is what the Lord showed me. Prayer doesn't like, God's not going to like us more and send more people just because we pray. Oh, look, they're praying. I'm just going to send more people. God is a destiny over this church body and over your life and over my life. And he has released that. But there are spiritual forces pushing us back. How many of you have ever played tug of war? Let me see your hand. So we've got the destiny of God over here, and, and, and then we've got, honestly, we have satanic forces against what God wants to do in this community, against what God wants to do. It's like a roadblock, and it's like when we pray, we make some progress. And it's not that when we pray, it's like, oh, God says, oh, look, they're being good little Christians. I'm going to send them more people. No, 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 no. God has already released the vision and the word over this house and over your family. But when we pray, what it does, it moves the needle. It, 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 how many of you would like to have prayer on your side in tug of war? It's like me and, me and Tom tugging in war. How many know Tom is gonna, gonna beat me? But man, if it's me and Meshach and Chad and James against Tom, you know, Tom don't have a chance. Tom don't have a snowball's chance. Amen. Tom's like, oh, you want to prove it? Praise God. That's not a challenge. Maybe if we put George on our team, then we could say Tom doesn't have a chance. But here's what the Lord showed me, I believe, in my heart. God is not withholding His vision for this church and our influence and our ministry because we're not praying. What happened is He just, and we're going to talk about this next week. Remember, Daniel prayed and, and the angel said, I came from heaven the moment that you prayed, but the prince of Persia withstood me. It took 21 days for the angel to bring the answer. When did the answer be released? When Daniel prayed, the answer was sent. But Daniel had to keep praying and keep praying and keep praying. It took 21 days for the answer to come. We are honestly, ladies and gentlemen, against this church and our ministry, and, and things are fine. The money's fine. People are not leaving because they're mad. It's, it's not like, but, but what we're doing, we're not seeing the progress in the kingdom of God that is in our hearts and in your hearts. And it's because as the, when we pray more, when I pray more, and when we're attuned and devoted, it moves the needle. And it's, it's like the angels of God then come on our side, and then they help us, and we begin to see progress. And so the Lord has convicted me that, that we will never see the growth in our church that we desire. We'll never see the growth in my family that I desire unless I am committed to leading and being devoted to prayer and even then it, you have to you can't get in a religious rut and routine and, but but we're going to talk about prayer next week is as really how we connect with god prayer is dependency on god well y'all gonna come well the pastor ain't he said he ain't praying no 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 no. we're praying but god wants to take us to another level i want to be known as a man devoted to prayer i want us to be known as a church so here's what this looks like tara and i have committed to leading in this with our family we're going to open up new weekly prayer opportunities. And I don't know when that's going to be, what that's going to look like, but we're hoping to have one evening where the church is just open, where you can come and pray. Hoping to have some mornings open where the church is open and you can come, the building is open, you can come and pray. We're going to begin to do, hopefully in October, 
neighborhood prayer walks. And let me explain. The other day I was driving up this way and, and I was just talking to the Lord about our church and how can we grow? How can we reach more people? How can we be healthy? Because healthy things grow. I was praying for you and the Lord said, why would I give you the city when you haven't taken ownership of your neighborhood? And I don't mean ownership in a negative way. But he, but he had me drive around here within a mile, and he said, you haven't, you haven't really shown your neighborhood love. They don't even know you, you're here. You haven't reached them with, with my power and my love and my passion. You're not praying for these. Why would I give you the city? Remember, if you're faithful in a few, God will make you rulers over many. So I drove up and down, and I've got a got it on a map, and, and within just really up the road here, there are dozens and dozens and dozens of homes right there. I drove through that neighborhood, Meshach, and I began to imagine, who lives in these houses? What are they going through? What kind of brokenness do they have? Have they just had a death? What kind of trouble are they having out of their teenagers? What's, I just drove up and down, and then right back here, through this little road right back here, going up, uh, whatever the name of that road is, we have so many families within earshot of our church. And the Lord has convicted me that, that, yes, we're here, but have we really taken steps to actually show them that we love them, that we care? So what we're going to do, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to mail them a letter. Every house in this area, I don't know how many it is, two or three hundred houses. We're going to mail them a letter, a postcard, and we're going to say, our church is praying for you. And we're going to tell them the first Wednesday of every month, we have a prayer meeting right here, and we want to pray for your needs. And that little prayer card that you have here in your little seat, we're going to put one of those in that letter. And we're going to have a website devoted just to prayer needs. And we're going to let the people within within one mile, within driving distance of this church, we're going to let them go onto our website, and we're going to let them submit needs. And then we're going to bring those needs of our community, and we're going to do a prayer walk where we walk through the neighborhood. I'm going to put in the letter, hey, I just want you to know on such and such day, you're going to see a bunch of weird people walking around your neighborhood. <laughs> we're praying over you. Chad's like, man, I'm, I, I got to go. I got to be weird walking through the neighborhood. Now I'm going to tell him, look, we're, we're going to be praying, and it's going to be something that I believe will we'll help us develop a heart for those who live within earshot of our church. And we're going to give them a chance with a specific website where you can go on and you can submit a prayer request, and then we're actually going to pray over the request. And we're going to believe God. And when they fill that little ticket out and they say, I've got cancer, I need you all to pray for me. When they come in the door and they're healed, they're like, man, y'all pray for me. Y'all didn't even know me, but I sent in a card. I had cancer. Went to the doctor. I'm healed. Man, praise God. Can you imagine the day when that happens? I can see it. So does our community know that we care? Do they know that we're here? Do they know that we're a praying church? I don't want you to just come to an event. I want to pray for you. Can you share your needs? We're going to have focused gatherings of prayer. We'll have instructions. And then, and really, you know, really, we're, we're asking the Holy Spirit to, to lead us and to help us. But I called Pastor Michael just this week, uh, Rick was, was out of town with his father, so I didn't, didn't pull him in, but I'm going to fill him in when he gets back. I called Pastor Michael and I said, hey, I'm just going to let you know that, that you know, we, we're doing these events and these are good. We're going to keep doing chili cook-offs and those are good, but we're going to ratchet up our emphasis in giving an opportunity to pray because it is prayer changes everything, including me. Say that with me. Prayer changes everything, including me. And so, again, this is not a chastisement on you. This is more of a really a two-year journey of the Lord working on me and, and showing me. We, we've been asking the Lord, what is the key to church growth? Honestly, I'll tell you what I've been asking myself. 
Do we need a new name? Because nobody knows what Assemblies of God means in this town. Or nobody likes the Assemblies of God in this town. Because they think we're handle snakes. We need a new name. Do we need a new building? We're not on a main road. Do we need to be on a big road where people can drive by and see us? And none of those things are bad. Who knows what the Lord will lead in the future? But uh, do, do we need... You know, do we need, man, we need a big sign out front. Man, do we need, do we need to do these postcards and we do mailers and we need to do Facebook and we need to do a big event where we just bring everybody and we love them and give them food and give them popcorn. And, and you know what the Lord says? You need to pray. You need to pray. None of those things are bad. I'm not saying we're canceling everything. But remember, they added programs and processes, but they never subtracted prayer. They never subtracted prayer. And something the Lord helped me with is that our church really, and Mary, this is a credit to you and your dad, but our church is is really where we are today, a, a seed of her father who planted this church so many years ago and prayed. I knew Pastor Kevin was a praying man. And the Lord is passing that torch to us and saying, if you want to go to the next level in your community, if you want to go to the next phase and what I've called for you, remember, God has spoken the word over the church and prayer moves the needle. Prayer helps us walk in the destiny of God. The Lord says, you must take up that torch. You must pray. So I am asking you to join me. I'm asking you to be selflessly selfish in your prayer time. Everybody in the room, I'm asking you this week, to make it a time every single day where you you devote time to prayer. Pray in the shower, yeah, that's good. Pray in the car driving, yeah, that's good. But I feel God calling everybody in the room to a specific time. And, and well, I don't know how to pray. I don't know how to start. Who does not have one of those prayer books that we have? There's a reason why 30 days ago we gave you the prayer books. That's a good place to start. If you need one, come see me. I'll give you one. I want everybody in the room to have one of those prayer books. It has everything that you can need to start. And Meshach, I know when you open the book and start, just start, the Holy Spirit will lead you and you'll be led in how you can pray. And don't spend all your time praying for yourself. How about you pray for Susan, what she's going with and her family? How about you pray for Chad and Kelly? And, and man, I, I, every time I hear the word joy and rejoice in a song, I think about Joyce and I pray for Joyce. And the other night we prayed for our students. I just I want our youth to know God. Instead of just praying for me and my blessings, God, would you give them a heart? We laid on my floor, tearing all my kids, and we were just praying, crying out to the Lord that God would just arrest our youth and our students with his heart. Because prayer is not, my house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations. Man, I, I want to drive through these neighborhoods and just pray over these people. I think that's the heart of the Lord. I really do. And I'm sorry that I haven't led us in this sooner because I've been so busy. And I'll come in here in the morning and pray, and I'll pray at home. And But I've known the word of this church was to be a praying church. We don't need more programs. We don't need more promotion. Those things are good. They have their place. We need more prayer. We need more prayer. Would you close your eyes with me for just a minute? Please forgive me. I'm not trying to just be emotional. But it's just alive in my heart. Jared, if you could make sure I'm on up here.
Lord, we just thank you for your presence this morning. And we commit, Lord, to seeking your face in prayer. I want to just give you a moment. I'm just going to sing and worship for a second. And where you are, I just want you to pray right where you are. Whatever you need from the Lord, if it's your family, if you've got family members who are lost, let us pray over them this morning. Bring whatever burden you have, bring it to the Lord. Whatever situation you need God to move in, we're going to agree with you. We are standing on holy ground and I know that there are angels all around let us pray pray for the person just beside you many of you have stood and so if you want to come down front and stand and just demonstrate your hunger for the Lord and just pray for the person beside of you as the Lord would lead we are standing on holy ground and I
your feet drink from the cup in your hand lay back against you and breathe feel your heartbeat this love is so deep it's more than I can stand I'm melting your peace it's overwhelming sing that with me I wanna sit at your feet drink from the cup in your hand lay back against you and Feel your heartbeat. This love is so deep. It's more than I can stand. I'm melting your peace. It's overwhelming. Before we close this morning, Pastor Michael gave a word earlier that, that someone in this house feels like they want to give up. And maybe you've already resolved that in your heart. But I want to tell you, just don't give up. If that's you and you're saying, man, that's me. I've really been fighting that and struggling that. Can we pray for you as a body this morning? Would anybody say that's me? Just step out and let us pray with you. Nothing to be ashamed of. Anybody say that's me. I want to receive that prayer. I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to quit on my family. I'm not going to quit on God. I'm not going to quit on my church. Anybody in the house feel that way this morning? As we sing this last chorus, if that's you, you're welcome to come down. We're just going to sing Holy Ground one more time, then we're going to dismiss. We are standing on holy ground. Ladies, if you would come down and help us pray, pray with Kaylee. And I know there are angels all around. Let us praise. We praise Jesus now. We are standing in His presence. We are standing in His presence. We are standing in His presence on holy Turn this into a time of prayer. You and the Lord. No one like you. No one like you. No one like you in all the earth. Just talk to the Father. Tell Him your heart. No one like you. No one like you. No one like you in all the earth. Just go ahead and lift your voice. Oh.
your feet sing if you know it drink from the cup in your hand lay back against you and breathe feel your heart beat this love is so deep it's more than I can stand I'm melting your peace it's overwhelming anybody else need special prayer this morning don't miss this moment Shaq, I want you to come as we get ready to close and, and uh, take this. And I want you to pray over our neighborhood. There's a lot of hurt and pain within one mile of this church. And God wants us to be an emergency room, a Holy Spirit emergency room for the broken. As Meshach prays, lend your heart with it and lend your faith. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you came to die for all mankind. We thank you that your primary purpose of coming here is to see all mankind come to repentance, O oh God. To see all people on the earth to come to you. You don't want even one to perish but all to rejoice in your kingdom, O oh God. We thank you that you have given this gift of salvation to us to know you. We thank you that you died for us and you have revealed yourself to us, O oh God. Heavenly Father, we don't want just to sit and watch for this salvation for ourselves. You have given us a community that we are to reach. You have given us this responsibility to go out and share about your kingdom. That your purpose you came here on earth for should be fulfilled. You have entrusted us, O oh God, to stand on the gap, to pray for the lost, to reach them, O oh God, with your message. We pray for this community around this church, O oh God. As we come together in one accord for your people, for the lost, everyone around this church, in this community, we pray that God give us the possibilities, O oh God, to reach their hearts. We know some may accept, some they may not. But we believe and trust in your name, O oh God, that you shall soften the hearts of your people. We pray for the power of the Holy Spirit to give us power to enable us, O oh God, to stand on the gap. Visit these people in a special way. Give us more strength to do your work for you. You have called us for to fulfill 
your great commissioner God that these people around this church may come to know you and one day they may come and testify that because of Emmanuel assembly I've known you Jesus we thank you we bless your God thank you for our pastor James Bido reading us in this oh God keep on revealing more secrets to him for your kingdom in Jesus name we pray amen, amen. your praise will ever be